0: Haley, Catherine, do you know how we got our podcast started so fast? How? We use the Anchor app. What's the Anchor app? Well, it's a really cool app. It's completely free and it'll distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Wow, it literally does all the work for you pretty much. Basically. Yeah, and you can make money on your podcast. It's free. It's completely free. Anything you need to make your podcast will be all on Anchor. Wow, they're more dependable than anyone in my life so i mean (laughs) you said it (laughs) um so if you guys are interested in starting a podcast download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started that's a-n-c-h-o-r.fm to get started thanks
1: This happened when I was in college, I lived in the student community at UCSB, notorious for being a party school, it fully lived up to its reputation. I like to party but holy shit, these people were off the wall. As such, there were a lot of people who put themselves in dangerous situations, drinking to excess, not being careful, not locking doors, etc. It had a very isolated and insular vibe and anyone who was hanging around who wasn't college aged immediately looked out of place and strange. One night, after having a few drinks, I came home to my small house where I lived with two other girls, probably around 2.30 a.m. We were all serious students, I was probably the least serious actually, and when we partied, it was not your typical UCSB mega rager, more like a small get together with friends. We would often have a few people spend the night, sleep on our furniture, or in our beds, as the case may be. That night my roommates had had a few people over who I didn't know, and I saw when I returned home that one of them had opted to sleep on the couch from the shadow that I saw there. I didn't turn the light on so I wouldn't wake anyone up. But as I was passing the couch to enter my bedroom, I noticed that the figure was lying very stiff. He just had this weird energy to him. He was lying down, but it was like he was putting all his energy into lying as still and rigid as possible. I paused and the guy quickly jerked his head to face me without moving his limbs so quickly that it startled me. I could see his eyes wide open glinting in the dark. Figuring that I'd startled him, or that he was drunk, or maybe on some kind of stimulant and and unable to sleep, I just hurried past into my bedroom and locked the door. The dude had me nervous, and I wasn't taking any chances. I fell asleep. At 4.30 a.m., I woke up. There was a strange sound at the door, almost like somebody was drumming their fingers against the wood very quietly. I lay still and listened. There were more quiet sounds, like someone scratching the door with their fingers, which got louder and louder until it was clear that he was using both hands and scratching as fast and as hard as possible. It created an extremely loud and intimidating sound that filled me with fear. I got my cell phone and texted my roommate because I was afraid to make a sound. Your friend is freaking me out. Is he coked out? Can you talk to him? He's banging and scratching on my door. She didn't text me back, probably because she was asleep. I texted my other roommate to the same effect, covering all my bases. Keep in mind that the scratching has been going on at this point for a couple minutes. I have no idea how he could have sustained it. Scratching a wooden door with your fingernails can't feel good. He also grabbed at the knob and jiggled it super forcibly. Because neither of them answered, I decided to call and really wake them up. Though I was scared to make a sound. I know it sounds stupid, but there was something seriously horrifying about being teased like this through the door. I knew that he was trying to terrify me. I felt like a little kid, but I could tell this guy was fucked up or something and maybe the police needed to be called, and I wanted to loop my roommates in since it was one of their friends. The scratching stopped abruptly and I called my roommate who answered sleepily, Yo, your friend is messed up. Can you please deal with it? Do we need to call the cops? He's seriously scaring me and he was scratching at my bedroom door really fucking weird. She didn't say anything for several seconds, and when she did, her voice had no sleepiness in it at all. What friend? She said. The fucking guy that was sleeping on the couch, I said. She was quiet again. We didn't have any guys over, she said. Call the police. My adrenaline surged and I told her to please lock the bedroom door as quickly as possible. I realized that I hadn't heard scratching in a while and I had no clue where the where the guy had gone. Suddenly I heard loud banging on the other end of the house where my roommates Lauren and Monica shared a bedroom. The bangs were followed by the sound of them screaming in fear. I quickly dialed the police and the maniac proceeded to bang against the luckily locked bedroom door of the two roommates as they screamed. The heaviness of the blows left no doubt he was trying to break the door down. I told the 911 operator the situation and she dispatched two squad cars. The police in Isla Vista are generally used to peeling drunks off the sidewalk and breaking up brawling frat boys. This was really serious and strange and I think the dispatcher got the sense from my tone how terrified I was and she stayed on the phone with me. At one point the banging stopped and everything was quiet for a while. I talked with the dispatcher and suddenly looked down to see that this guy had slipped his fingers through the one inch gap between my door and the floor and was just kind of wiggling them around, making this weird growling sound. I screamed and backed away, which is my biggest regret about the situation since when I looked It would have been so awesome to just stomp the shit out of those guys' fingers and hear the guy howl in pain. When the cops rolled up, I heard running and the sound of our sliding glass door opening and closing, and then he was gone. The cops never caught him. He had broken in through our side door by jimmying the lock somehow. Our door was covered in what turned out to be huge gauges he'd made using a pair of scissors, which he discarded on the ground before he left. What terrifies me most about this was I walked right past him. I looked him right in the face. I realized now that he was not trying to sleep or on drugs, but was lying so stiff like that because he was hiding. He probably heard me open the door and freaked out because he hadn't realized there was another girl living there, and tried to blend into the couch in the darkness.
2: This is a popular story with my family and most of my friends. Amanda is my brother's girlfriend, and at the time of the story, she was looking for her first apartment and moving out of her parents' house. Her and my brother didn't want to move in together since they'd only been dating for a few months. She opted instead to search for a roommate online browsing Craigslist of all three things. She found an ad titled something like, Roommate Wanted, Females Only. This sort of thing was common since the area she was looking in was mostly young professionals. The listing was for a room in a house uh, for about 225 dollars a month, which was really cheap compared to most of the places listed. The occupant listed herself as a 23-year-old college student that wasn't comfortable living with any males. The other roommate would have their own room and an attached bathroom. So far, Amanda was into the place. However, the listing only had a single photo from the outside of the property. Amanda sent an email wanting to meet the occupant and tour the house. Within 30 minutes, she received an email back with all of the details and time to stop by. The girl worked late hours and wanted Amanda to stop by at 8 p.m. When Amanda arrived, there was a handwritten note on the front of the door saying, Door broken, use back door.
0: Mm -mm.
2: Walking around the back of the house, it looks nice, but slightly unkempt. Tall grass, weeds, dusty windows, etc. Still, at this point, no alarms for Amanda, though. When she knocks on the back door, an older man opens the door. At first, Amanda thinks she has the wrong house, but the man reassures her and says that he's the landlord. The occupant asked him to meet Amanda since she was working late. He seemed to be pleasant and offered to show her around. Alarms start going off, but they aren't at Red Alert yet. First, the guy was clearly in his 40s, unshaven, and looked like he lived in his car. Also, only the kitchen light was on. Ew. As they walked around the house... Amanda Amanda noticed one huge red flag. No furniture, nothing. The landlord was polite about answering questions, but seemed irritable and wouldn't leave the lights on for too long, and he was rushing her around and only letting her look at rooms for a few moments and before rushing her out and turning the lights off. There was a single room that the landlord wouldn't open, telling her that that was the occupant's room and he didn't want to invade her privacy. And as they walked down the hallway into the living room, she noticed that the front door had a plank nailed across it. Broken for sure. Amanda's creep o started to ding, so she decided to wrap up this rock walkthrough and leave, but she also wanted to be polite. And she started to give the guy her thanks for the showing bit, and, but he started to perk up and says that he forgot to show her the basement. It was recently refurnished, and it would be a great rec room. And she should take a look down there. At this time, Amanda and the landlord were standing in a small hallway between the front door and the living room, and the back kitchen. In this little hallway was the basement door. When he opens the door, it opens outwards to create something of a barrier between Amanda and the back door. The basement is pitch black. He smiles and motions down the basement and says ladies first. What happens next is nothing more than a stroke of pure luck. Amanda gets a text just as some random person parks in front of the house. Thinking on her feet, she pretends that it's a phone call and answers her phone. Hey, yeah, are you here? I'll come around back and I'll let you in. It's great. You've got to see it. With a motion of confidence, she excuses herself and walks around the landlord and walks out the back door. She says the guy just looks at her with total confusion. Once outside, she springs to her car and speeds out like hell. When Amanda gets home, she tells her mother and brother everything. Cops are called, they take her statement, and they go to investigate. But by then, the Craigslist posting had been removed. Epilogue. The house had been foreclosed over six months earlier, and the property had been abandoned. Ew. When the police investigate, they find that the closed room that the landlord wouldn't let her look at was where the man had been staying. There was piles of dirty blankets, rotten food, a gallon, of em- or gallon empty jugs everywhere, and even more creepy, the walls were plastered with ripped up pages of porn mags all over the walls. The scary part was the basement. The man had tied a thin piece of fishing twine about halfway down the stairs at shin level. The basement was empty except for another pile of old blankets, a broom handle wrapped in leather belts, and a small box filled with rolls of assorted tape, duct tape, electrical, etc. Needless to say, Amanda did not end up moving it.
3: A woman, will say her name is Susan. Okay. Um, she lives in an apartment um, with her dog. She's sleeping, and she hears uh, a dripping sound. And so it wakes her up, and she kind of looks around the room, and she doesn't hear it for a minute, and so she puts her hand down. The dog licks her hand. She goes back to sleep. And then uh, a little while later, she hears the dripping sound again. So she wakes up, and then the dripping sound goes away. And she puts her hand down again, dog licks her hand, she goes back to sleep. In the morning, she wakes up, and her dog isn't in its spot anymore, and she can hear the dripping sound again. Uh, and so she goes into the bathroom, and she opens up the shower, where she finds her dog hanging in the shower. And she hears the dripping sound as the dog's blood hits the bottom of the tub. So now the question is, what was licking her hand in the middle of the night? But a uh, long, long time ago, back when back when I was a child, um, I was like sleeping out in the living room and we had this cat that would like just wander around the living room all the time. So it was, you know, dark outside, getting ready for bed, laid down, closed my eyes. And then I, I felt the cat like jump up onto the height of bed Walk around, get up on my chest, and lay down. It's like, oh, okay. So then I reached down to, to pet the cat, but there was nothing there. Opened my eyes, I looked around, and the cat was like walking down the hallway.
4: So I used to work inpatient, which is a locked facility for mental health patients, and the building that the inpatient hospital was located in was a general hospital or it used to be a general hospital then they converted it over into a mental health outpatient on the top and inpatient on the bottom so my first day working and when you get hired you have to work all of the shifts so you do an am shift a pm shift and then an overnight shift so my first day there was actually an overnight shift so you go in at like 11:30 at night and you're out at 7:30 or 8 in the morning. So I go in, you know, meet everybody, whatever. This is my first experience working inpatient, my first time in this hospital. The night shift nurse kind of takes us around or takes me around and you know is showing me everything, and then he's also explaining that, you know, this used to be the general hospital. And actually where we are in the inpatient used to be the morgue. And he talks about how a lot of people, you know, get really bad vibes there, stuff like that. How also during night shift, a lot of people take naps. Instead of taking a lunch, a lot of people would go take an hour-long nap. And he basically walked me through and was like, don't nap in there because there's this particular ghost that lives there. And then would go to another room and be like, don't nap in there because there's a particular ghost that lives in that room. And then kind of shows me like the couple offices or whatever that we could nap in that were not haunted. But a lot of people have had really, like, pretty serious encounters with ghosts in this hospital. Part of it is because it used to be the morgue. Part of it is because it's an inpatient psych hospital and people would also die. Um, Not recently, but there's always the potential for people to die by suicide while on a hold or you know they're in there because they are suicidal homicidal or or very severely mentally ill so you know just a lot of a lot of death in this area but one of the stories that always freaked me out and i refused (laughs) absolutely refused to take a nap in this room was that right outside so everything's a sally port which means that a locked door leads to another locked door. So outside of the first locked door, but before you get to the second locked door, is a, like a, a conference room. And there's a couch in there. So a lot of people would go in there and take their nap during their night shift lunch break. Well, one person was in there, was napping, you know, 2, 3 a.m. ish and they heard the door open and they thought you know that they had overslept missed their alarm someone was coming to get them so when they you know opened their eyes there was nothing there the doors were closed and you have to use a key to get through so they were like oh it must have been you know a different door that I heard unlatch or whatever they go back to sleep They wake up again hearing the same thing, hearing the door open, and again have the thought process of somebody's coming to get me, I missed my alarm. But this time when they open their eyes, there's a woman standing over her and it's not a patient and it's not a staff. And when she looks at this woman, the woman makes eye contact with her and then, basically just turns and walks away and goes through the door. Not unlocking it, not opening it, going through it. And then this girl, the staff, gets up, goes to the door, unlocks it, walks through. She's like, am I dreaming? What's happening? There's no woman. There's no woman there. She goes to tell the other staff. The staff are like, I don't know what you're talking about, except for the night shift nurse. The night shift nurse has worked there for like 10 years, and he's like, oh yeah, that's whoever. I forget the ghost's name. But he says, basically, that's a recurring thing that people would see in that room was this woman who would wake you up from your nap. So I never slept in there, but it scared the shit out of me. And that is my spooky story.
5: After my first experience going into like an abandoned building, we, uh, me and my friends, we had this um, like hunger to to witness something again, to feel scared again, and put ourselves into a dangerous situation again because we were dumb, dumb teenagers. And so we grew up in New Jersey, and we had weird New Jersey. You know the the publication, and it was like this hot thing. It was, it was something that we passed around, um, and and you know you would get these like like wrinkled copies that people just loved and cherished, and and you get to like look at it for a while at lunch in the cafeteria, but they want it back because it's like you know you're not supposed to have it. It's you know small publication at that time. Now they've got like books you can buy at Barnes and Noble and stuff, and. So we lived relatively close to Clinton Road and there's a bunch of different stories on Clinton Road about like there's a certain bend. If you go around it, uh, like a girl appears and you swerve and fall off the cliff or something. Um, And really, she wasn't there. She's a ghost. Um, And all all sorts of stuff like that. You know, we grew up with like the Jersey Devil and, and the idea that like it might come out of the woods at any moment. And so we found this one story. There's this dam in the middle of the woods. If you throw a penny over the side and get back in your car, the penny will land on your roof. And we're like, oh, that's cool. Like, that's what I would do. That's great, okay. So we're not like, you know, getting involved in anything too serious. The penny, you know, what could happen? So we go to this dam and Dan takes his keys, you know, with him and we're like parked in the middle of the dam or in the middle of the woods. Not a whole lot of water flowing through this thing. Um, pretty abandoned and uh he's like i got the penny we're gonna throw it over the thing and and whatever so we throw the penny over the bridge and then we all are like jerking around pushing each other and being like leaning over the edge and looking down and we're like all right let's get back in the car this sucks and we get back in the car and the penny lands on the roof and my friend guy is like oh my god you know like people are freaking out and dan's like losing his shit he's laughing so hard and we're like, oh, you jerk. He like obviously thumbed the penny out the window or something and it hit the roof of the car. And we're like, all right, all right, you got us. That was scary, that was scary. And it was getting kind of late and um, and Mike goes like, well, there's this other story actually about this dam. I don't know if you guys heard this one, but it's supposed to be if you sit on the bridge and you turn off your car, a truck with like these big headlights will come and you're supposed to sit in your car and let the and it's a single lane dam, like it's a single lane passage. Um, to fit one car. He's like the, the truck will come and it will drive and the moment before it hits your car it'll turn into a spirit and kill everyone in the car. But you won't die like from the truck hitting you, you'll die from this ghost. And we're like, Well, we're not doing that. Like you die you die either way, we die if you're right and we die if you're wrong. So no. And as we're like kind of arguing about this, this truck comes at the end of the dam and is facing us and it's got you know this big rack of lights across the top and huge headlights and you barely make out anything other than the light coming at us and it stops at the end of the dam and we're like, oh my God, no the, how? You know, like, did you plan this? And he's like, no. And he's like freaking out. We're all freaking out. So um, Dan is like reaching for his keys. And obviously they're like not in the ignition. And, you know, he's fumbling with it. And the truck starts driving towards us. And it's, you know, coming coming across the dam. And he gets the car started, throws it in reverse, and backs us out and over to the left side where there's like a little dugout and it goes by the truck comes and it goes by really really slow like ju- 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 right and then it disappears down the road and Dan's like I still don't believe it. like we got to do it again and we're all like no you fucking jerk like no we're not going to do this creepy thing It obviously worked and now we're not dead so that's great let's leave and he's like, no, 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 You no. we'll do it again, we'll do it again. So he leaves the keys in the ignition, but he parks back on the bridge and um, and waits, or the dam, and waits. And the truck comes back, but from behind us this time. So obviously, like, could be anything, maybe not a ghost truck, maybe it's just a normal truck, and someone, like, doesn't like kids fucking around on the bridge, uh, on the dam. And so we all freak out, and turn the ignition on and start driving and it's a total dirt road with trees on both sides because it's in the middle of the woods and nowhere and so we're like fishtailing and this truck is like picking up speed and chasing us now and i remember i was sitting in the trunk um and it was a jeep and so i had a full window of the back window and no seatbelt on and then my other friends were like in all the other seats with seatbelts on go figure and uh, I'm looking out the back, and I remember we went over this ridge and like bumped up and hit my head on the roof. And we come to a screeching halt, and like the light's gone. And we're like all gasping for breath. We've been fishtailing this whole time. We were still in the middle of the woods. And I'm watching and I'm like, guys, 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 because I see the light coming up over the ridge. And I swear, like, I'm, I'm sure my teenage brain has elaborated on this, but I swear I saw the truck come over the ridge and, like, get air. You know, it was, like, three feet off the ground, like, Brow! like, Nick Cage driving it or something. And so we gun it and we finally, like, catch pavement at a certain point and pick up speed. And my friend Dan makes a really sharp 90 degree turn to the left onto this street, shuts off the car, shuts off the lights, and coasts so that we don't have brake lights. And we just see the truck go by real slowly on the road like, and then we, uh, you know, went home because we're going to do it a third time.
6: (laughs) (laughs) So there was this time where Zach was experiencing some weird stuff in his apartment. Do you want to give some context to what it was that was happening for you before I tell what happened to me?
3: So I I think the first time, it was just like I would hear sounds in my apartment, but one time I was getting ready for bed and I like shut off all my lights and was laying in bed and all of a sudden my timer for my Google Home went off in my apartment and I had not set a timer like at all i was i had nothing said. i just play music through it and so i was like frightened like sat up in my bed and was like i'm just gonna stay awake for another like 40 minutes Mm -hmm. and then kennedy came over the next day two days later and i was telling her like oh like i keep hearing these like it sounds like someone's walking into my like apartment it sounds like someone's in here and like someone's setting timers on me i don't know
6: right and so then i went home that night live like 15 minutes from Zach, so I go home and hours later I'm sitting on the couch in my living room and my living room has the the entrance to the house, is in in the living room, and I was there with my roommate and we had both been home for hours, hadn't gone outside or anything she'd maybe gone outside like an hour and a half before that, but we were settled in for the night, all locked up and I kind of I was lying on the couch and the door was uh, behind my back, so I couldn't see it but I heard a popping open of sorts and I looked at her and she was looking at the door and she looked freaked out so I look up and the door is open by maybe an inch and this was in the w- spring but it was still fairly yeah. winter mm-hmm. at this point so like it's fucking cold here and uh, so I get up and I'm like okay I'm gonna go close this door not really thinking about it because the wind has pushed our door open before but I was certain we had locked up So I went and I just pushed the door to close it, and it bounced back at me because the deadbolt was out, which makes
5: absolutely no sense.
6: (laughs) And so that was kind of freaky. I tried so many things the next morning to try to see if I could figure out, like, could the deadbolt have been halfway out and then, you know, popped all the way and then the door popped or something but it's like a very very dense mechanical lock there's no way like once you push it a little bit the whole thing comes out so i couldn't really figure that one out but it was a bit of an anomaly so i wasn't too scared i spend um, a lot of time out at a cabin by myself in the woods and so the next day i went by myself and i like i said it's completely dark all around there is no one around there's no street lights there's nothing and I got up to use the washroom in the middle of the night and as I was walking back from the bathroom my back was to the entrance of the house and a huge window and this light came from over my shoulder it was very bright and I thought to myself that it was the sensor light that was outside because you know animals come past or through the driveway every once in a while and a sensor light will turn on and then I turned around and my car that had been parked for at least eight hours, the keys were not with me. Um, it was just were, the headlights were on shining through the window and I stood there for a second
0: and then they went off and that was it. So I'd say like five or six years ago, um, one of my really close friends at the time, she took me along to, uh, where would we go? Like some middle of nowhere in Idaho to meet with her uh, grandma. And we stayed and she told me before that her grandpa like haunts the trailer that they live in. And you know, we got, I love spooky stuff, so I was like intrigued. I wasn't completely worried. Um but everyone seemed to just like coexist with this spirit that lived in the house supposedly. And you know like the, the touch lamps, like you touch it and it makes it brighter each time. So her grandma said that he communicates with those. And the day that we showed up, I touched it to turn it off. And everyone started freaking out and was like, he hates it when you do that. Oh great, I'm cursed now. Like the rest of this day is gonna be a nightmare. And it was a little weird. So that night, we were sleeping, me and my friend were sleeping in the living room and I was in this uh, recliner chair. And you can see down the hallway and there you can see the lamp. And I kept seeing it like go on and then go off. That night I couldn't sleep. And my friends just knocked knocked out and everyone else is asleep. And I'm just there, I have my headphones in because I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to see anything. And I'm just laying there and I have the recliner like all the way back. And I don't don't know what happened, but my headphones and my right ear, like the music just stops just in one side and I heard, like, a growling noise, like, from the right side, and I freaked the fuck out. I looked, and there was nothing there, and I jumped up, and my friend, like, jumped up, and she was like, what's wrong? And I was, like, was like freaking out, and I was like, I don't want to be here. I can't be here, and I started, like, hyperventilating, and then they, like, calmed me down, and then my friend's mom... She starts talking to her dad, the grandpa, and was like, "Like, just leave her alone. She's scared. She's sorry. She touched the lamp. And I'm just like, what the
3: fuck? Are you
0: okay? Nope. Nope.
3: <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Bye, everybody.
5: I'm out.
1: i been like, you. you know what? I don't need to sleep tonight, and I
2: need to leave. Goodbye.
5: Yeah.